Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Establishment Coffee. Go to establishmentcoffee.com.au, use the code 025, get 25% off your order and free shipping. You're a dog. You meant to let Bridget say that. No, part. that's only when you do it. Oh, no, you're the only one that forgets. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, we you get back. free shipping too. Yes. In case you didn't hear it, buddy, uh, you're a dog. <laughs> so dog. we are back with another episode of the fam. Um, what are we? Are we doing quotes or gratefulness? All right. Let Let me take it from here. Let's do both. No, we'll do both. We're going to start with uh, CJ. What are you grateful for, brother? Um, You know what I'm grateful for my car The other day My friend broke their key In the ignition Oh What Yeah And now it's like It it was stranded in a McDonald's car park And Yeah they're, They're trying to sort it out today And I'm just like Man if I'd if that happened to me, I'd be screwed to coming to this oh podcast today, you know. So yeah, I'm very grateful that I transportation. Yes. Even talking to um, who's Mitch's mate that just got, oh got Jack. Jack Jack just got his license back. He got his license back, yeah. and I saw him in the car park. And I remember when I lost my license many years ago. It was, many, <laughs> it was a long time ago. What did you lose mm. your license for? Anyway, so <laughs> I, um, he probably had a fist fight with the cop. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have a fist fight with the cop. I, I may have been going a few kilometers above what's See. said on the sign. Uh, yeah, I was how, going. How many over? Many. You've told Must me. It's been this. a lot You've to lose your license. Story. Yeah, twenty-five. When you were pee plater, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty-five. Okay. It was a fifty zone, and I was going about seventy-five. So I was boosting it through. You are a very fast driver. When I've been with you. We've driven to Helensvale. Yeah. To Helensvale? What did we do there? Well, Probably we're just driving too fast. Car park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, this is very fast, oh, CJ. Yeah. The only time I remember driving is when we go to the food truck like two doors down. <laughs> now we've driven in your car to Helensvale once. You drove like, to a food truck that was two doors down. I was about down. to say, that's okay. an embarrassing <laughs> admission. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit further than two doors, but it wasn't. Oh, it was li- it's what were we doing like, in Helensvale? It was literally, we went to the mall to get Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. And yeah, it wasn't two doors down, it was five doors down. <laughs> it actually yeah. was, it was five doors was down. It was right. further past where Coop works. To be fair, they're big doors. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, it, it's an industrial compound that we're in. Um, yeah, so I, I remember what that was like, not having my license. So yeah, I'm very grateful to have nice. my wheels. Nice. Nice. My my first ever car had a bit of a quirk where for some strange reason it drained the battery while the car was off, so I had to I had to pop the bonnet and disconnect the battery every time I turned the car off. But I did it so much it was an old car, it was like a 1983 car. I did it so much that the bonnet cable snapped, so I had to permanently like leave the bonnet slightly ajar so I could get in to un- undo the battery. It was a debacle. My first ever car couldn't reverse. What? So every time we had to reverse, we'd get out and we'd have to push it like the gear was broken yeah and then there was one day there was a bunch of us we were all going to a costume party and i made my friends get out and they're all in costume and they were like having to push my car back <laughs> so you couldn't reverse it, it was how, funny. how did you park always just nose in and then people would have to or i would out. avoid parks that yeah that like required what, reversing what would you do if you're by yourself just avoid any i wasn't usually by myself okay. yeah yeah <laughs> I can just imagine having to do like a three. It didn't point, have that car for very three long. Three point turn in a busy road or something. It reversed like that. when I bought it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. James, Got it for eight hundred bucks. Uh, I want to hear about your first car <laughs> now, James. My first car. I was actually very uh, lucky. I had, a, I had a good first car. Nice. I had a Kia Sportage ninety. Maybe it was two thousand. It was a two thousand Kia Sportage. It was a hand-me-down from my mum and dad, so it was actually a nice car. I was nice. very lucky. Nice. Nice. But I, because in New Zealand, when you get your license, you can ride a scooter. Yep. So I had a moped when I f- turned 15. And me and my mates used to just fang it everywhere in our mopeds. That so was you, sick. You get your license at 15 yep. in New Zealand. Back mm. then you did. That's changed now. It was always the weirdest thing going home. And when I had my license, like driving around and being at the lights and like a little kid sitting next to you and yeah. be like, <laughs> are you just leaving primary school? <laughs> going to the dairy to get some lollies? That is pretty nuts, eh? To think that I had my, I was driving on my own when I was 15. Yeah, it's wild. On your mm. own? Yeah. Oh, wow. It made my brother the coolest kid in school when we moved here 
because no one had a license and he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he rode a motorbike, which like added to his cool point. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. sick. All right, Bridget, what are you grateful for? Um, my family. They're coming to visit this weekend. Lovely. So, yeah, yeah I'm really excited. Can't wait to see your mom and dad. I don't know if they watch the podcast. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James. Uh, I am grateful for... <clears throat> I'm grateful for CJ having a barbershop here. Yeah, absolutely. How, how convenient is that? It is. It is. I had to fill out some banking documents the other day, and it was like... What do you spend on personal goods such as clothes, haircuts, etc.? And mm. I put I didn't put anything in, and they're like, "So you don't buy any clothes, and you don't pay for haircuts." And I'm like, "That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> zero zero buys my t-shirts. Zero I only merchant. I only wear zero t-shirts, and then my shorts are like uniform, mm. and then I get haircuts from CJ. <laughs> <laughs> but how handy is it? Because when you think about going to the barber, that's like a two hour round trip sometimes." And you got to wait at the barber shop. Yeah, I mean, I don't go to Sydney for my haircut. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but you know, you go there. Yeah, sometimes they take an hour, saying. like half an hour drive, hour haircut, half an hour drive home. Like with CJ, it's like a five minute, five minute walk upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking the long way. <laughs> you know, you just quickly fucking whip upstairs. Yeah. Get a wee trim. Quality too. Mm, nice. Good job, CJ. <laughs> Quality. That's nice. what I'm grateful for. Tom Bus, what are you grateful for? Uh, I am grateful for training. I love training. Nice. And That's a fucking good one. Yes. I'm, yeah. You know, we've, we've said it before. We've quoted it before, but it's, it's good to get to train, you know, mm. not have to train. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about training and I've been thinking about it a lot more lately and, uh, excited to get back onto the powerlifting platform at some stage. And I'm just enjoying the whole process. Let's Amazing. go. What's the, what's the goal? Have you got oh, some? I don't know. I don't. I don't really operate in, in goals. I just yeah. go with the flow. Yeah, fucking a. Yeah, I. I think I'll get back into equipment, um, but I'm. I'm not sure. I'll decide when I get there. So this block and next block will be the last two blocks of no squat bench deadlift. Then I'll add it back in. So yeah. by, the, by the end of the year, I'll chuck in some squat bench deadlift again and start doing that. Speaking of training, what what are you enjoying the most about your non uh, specific? Would you call it a non specific uh, block? Like, are there any exercises you love pushing each week or? Yeah, I, I I really am loving dumbbell press. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, what was uh, this? They're very Thanks. strong yeah. as well. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying the pendulum squat. I hate RDLs with a passion, but I'm still fucking doing them. Yeah, They're fuck yeah. like one of my least favorite exercises ever. You hate them. Uh, yeah, I can't stand them. But you like pendulum squat. Yeah. I'm the other <laughs> way around. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, I'm really enjoying everything. Like it's, it's nice to be putting max intensity into accessories. Yeah, that's sick. And instead of going into them feeling, you know, half destroyed from a heavy main lift. So yeah. Have you ripped out the seventies yet on dumbbell press? I did it before yeah. I left. I think I did twelve. That's yeah. right. That's Something nuts. Like that. Do we have eighties? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never gone above seventy. So maybe by the end of this, uh, for, by the end of the next block, I'll, I'll give them a crack just to have a one last hoorah. Yeah, I was going to say, is that too big of a jump on dumbbells? It's a pretty big jump. Yeah. <laughs> but if I can do the 70s for 12s, surely I can do a few on 80. We'll find out. Fuck, that's it's nuts. Insane. It just gets really hard to pick them up yeah. at that yeah. stage. Like really you use hard. so much energy eh, when they get heavy. Yeah. I don't know. I've never gone over the 50s, so I can't talk. <laughs> uh, CJ, how's your training going? What have you been up to? Um. Yeah, I've been kind of sick this week, so I haven't really trained. Yeah, fair <laughs> um, So, yeah, I just finished the load and about to start a strength block, which I'm really keen for. Nice. Yeah, I've done my training this week. Fair enough. Good job. Um, yeah, up, I mean, week two. Pull up queen. Mm. Mm. I, yeah, I got 10 pull-ups today. It's only taken me a couple of months. Bam. Nice. Yeah, Congratulations. So about that. Thank you. But no, I've just, um, I'm in week two of a strength block, just prepping for the Christmas Cup. So that's exciting. Nice. Back in wrap soon. Let's go. Yeah. How's that going? How's prep going so far? Yeah, it's been good. Week one was a bit iffy, but yeah, this week's been better. So only up from here, I hope. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. You've been hitting it as well? Yeah. Catch you on your private story post in your workout? Yeah. <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> CJ, I need to add you to that. Sorry, brother. <laughs> You're not on there. Right. Oh, I mean, fuck, that wasn't the... No, that was someone <laughs> yeah. else's private story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not shared it, I swear. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the same as you. I love training at the moment. I love everything. I love training. I love swimming. I love running. Uh, training. What have I done? I did... Would you call it 10? Reps? Yes. I did 10 pull-ups. 
this morning with 20 kilos. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. So 10 pull-ups uh, with 20 kilos dangling. Yesterday I did 15 kilos for a set of eight. I was like, I can do 20. Nice. Yeah. So I did a set of 10 with uh, 20 kilos hanging from me, which is... um. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, wild. I'm just the same as you. I've been loving pushing random exercises. Mm. So I've been doing things like uh, I've been progressing my behind the neck like snatch grip shoulder press, and my shoulders feel so good from it. Mm. Um, purely for the only the only reason I've been doing this, I saw Lou uh, Jajin uh, do them. So now I'm doing them. Literally no other reason than that, and it's fun. Um, yeah, training's going sick. Running's going awesome. Big few weeks of running. We're now. Because we're prepping now, every week's about 50 kilometers mm-hmm. on average. Had a swimming PB yesterday, 725 meters in 23 minutes. Nice. Mm, so it's like 25 laps, 26 laps. It's wild. Yeah. I'm slowly getting better. I'm just loving training. Yeah. Mm. Can you swim, CJ? Like, could you do a lap? I couldn't do a lap. Uh, I could probably go one way and I could, then I'd gas out. I could doggy paddle a lap. Can you? Can't you swim? We had this conversation. I guarantee you, though, I guarantee <laughs> you, you're a better swimmer than me. No. I, I, no, I'm the worst swimmer I've ever seen. No. Literally the I worst. I only I've learned how to swim in 2018. And as soon as I could, uh, I yeah, completed one lap lessons. of the pool. I'm like, that's my goal done. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> Walked away. That's sick. That's really good. <laughs> um, what I'm we got? a human. I have no reason to be in the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's logical breakdown now. <laughs> I'm a fucking crocodile. Or <laughs> <laughs> we <Yeah>. land, man. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, what have we got on here? We got a we got a quite a action packed episode. Well, not really. We've just got a few things to talk about. Um, actually, no. Before we start, give me a quote. We're going to make this a weekly segment. You got to give me a quote. It could be one you made up yourself. It could be a you know a motivational quote. It could be one from a movie. Just got to be anything. It could be a funny quote like my one last week. It was, <laughs> had a little bit of humor to it. All right. What's your one this week? Um, it's one that me and the boys uh, say when we go for runs now. On our long, easy, slow runs, because they're meant to be slow. You're not meant to max out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say go slow, go sexy. Nice. Yeah, and we call it sexy pace. Nice. So a slow, <laughs> slow pace is a sexy pace, yeah. and that's what we've been saying. And uh, we're trying to popularize it. Go slow, <laughs> go sexy. So now people tag our little run crew and say go slow, go sexy, and uh, it's quite fun. Awesome. CJ, what's yours? <laughs> it's not as uh, humorous as that one. Um, the two most significant days in someone's life is the day they're born and the day they find out why. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. That's a good one. Oh, damn. I get Confucius over here. Yeah. <laughs> Confucius. Hitting us with the garden and the war and the, yeah. the born and not dying. And, <laughs> not <yeah>. dying. <laughs> I like it. Bridget. Uh, fear kills more dreams than failure ever will. Nice. Absolutely. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. Mine is a paraphrase. Uh, I don't know if this is the exact quote, but it's like great things are accomplished by a series of little things done. And Mm. I like like that because like so many people hold themselves back in whatever endeavor it is, whether there's business or training or, you know, a new hobby, a new pursuit of whatever it is by just not starting. Mm. By by like being overwhelmed by the end goal and and just not doing anything as a result. Yeah, that's that fear. Mm. Killing those dreams. Absolutely. Mm. Nice. That's right. All right. Gonna, we're going to start off. We're going to start off with a hot one. Uh, the new bench press rules. Uh-oh. Uh, so the bench press rules, um, they're essentially checking for, to break in uh, layman's terms, they're checking for depth on bench press. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only in the IPF. So it's a new rule that's been introduced. They've been uh, thinking about ways to regulate the bench press forever now, eh? Yeah, it's been a... It's been something that's been uh, pressurized by the, you know, the spectator eye, which mm. is normally non-lifters, like looking in, uh, mm. you know, people who lift weights but don't know powerlifting, looking in and being like, "That's not a bench press." Look at that range of motion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I get the reason why they want to do it to to appease these people and to add some, um, uh, to to add some layer of uniformity to it. But it's just, it's not going to be accomplished by the rule that they've changed. Mm -hmm. Like, it's impossible. I mean, like, you guys have have refed. Um, Bridget, you know well and good you've refed heaps what it's like to be watching the middle of the bar. Mm. Now, you imagine that you have to watch the middle of the bar to call the press call and pay attention to where their elbows are in relation to their shoulders. You've also side refed. 
you know from the side, you can't see the bar. You mm. can't see the elbows and the – like all you can see is the plates and mm-hmm. normally a spot is us. Like you can't make that judgment call from the side. And even like – we can do it later. Even if you position yourself in a place where you can see the arms and the elbows, the angle that you're looking at is not accurate enough to make that call because mm. you can't see the top of the shoulder. You'll always be behind on the other side. So, like, I, I understand what they're trying to achieve, but I think they've gone about it in a way that's completely impossible to actually regulate. Mm-hmm. Will this call for extra refs, extra front refs? Oh, no. <laughs> no, that would be just stupid. I mean, like, yeah. then you're going to have, what, six people refing <laughs> a, a, a lift? Don't they have, in USAPL, don't they have the three at the front? No, 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 no. So, on, on deadlifts, most federations get the two side refs to come around the front. Mm. We're meant to do an APL. Yeah, yeah, they, they're supposed to come to like the front corners of the platform, mm. just so because from behind it's it's not as accurate a, a representation of where the person is in space. It's a little bit harder to truly monitor lockout. But yeah, I I, I really don't think this rule is going to be able to stick. And I also think about people who can't physically do it. Well, that's what I was wondering. What if you got a really big chest and really short arms? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like we've got a guy at Zero Brisbane. Um, he's got a big barrel chest. He's got. Little short arms, and it, even with a close grip, I I can almost guarantee that it won't satisfy that uh, that rule. It's also mm. just an ambiguous rule. It says the top of the shoulders. What's the top of the shoulders? Mm. Mm. Like, is it the top of the shoulders when I'm looking at you standing up, or if it's when I'm looking at you lying down? Is it like here, or when you've got a massive arch, you can't really mm. tell the difference between your sho- like everything about it just reeks of these people don't ref powerlifting. Yeah, I saw a meme the other day, and it was um when powerlifters hear the new bench press rules. And it's just got a photo of a guy doing uh, front raises, dumbbell yeah. front raises. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, I was just thinking that because there's lots of, um, there's lots of, you know, lightweight women that don't have extremely big arches, but they do have max grip bench presses. Yep. And they, they're going to still struggle with it as well. Yep. They're not doing an excessive arch. Uh, they, they're adhering to the current rules. Um, so it's going to affect them. Like you said before, people with short arms. Who else is going to affect uh, mainly that. Yeah, big people. You know, mm. Mm. big people with big bellies, big chests. You know, thick shoulders. Uh, people with short arms for sure. Uh, the the thing is, like, you know, it, it kind of raises the question of where this is born from, which is because I don't know. What do you guys think when you guys watch these these benches with like a one inch range of motion? Do you think it's kind of ridiculous? Nah, I think fucking kudos to them. Do people get mad when a basketball player is really tall and it's easier for them than mm. a short person? You know? Do they? Nah, yeah. Do they, Do people get mad at boxers when they have a long reach? No. Nah. No. So, like, on the one hand, I look at, I look at like, a, a one-inch, like, a ridiculous range of motion, and I'm kind of like, it does look a little bit scary. <laughs> but it is within the rules. Mm. Mm. But the, it, it immediately raises this question of, like, what range of motion is okay? Yeah. Like is one and a half inches okay? Is two inches okay? Is 2.15 inches okay? Like where do you draw the line and say, that's okay, that's illegitimate. Mm. So if we're bowing to this impossible standard, it's the same with sumo. Like how wide is okay and how wide is not okay? Um, where is the lockout on the body okay or not? And like you guys were saying, you can't, you can't uh, you apply this, this same logic to other sports. You can't get upset at a basketballer for being taller than everyone else. Because ultimately, if you look at powerlifting, no one that is the best of the best powerlifter benches like that. Mm. And no one that is the best of the best bench presser overall of all time benches like that. So it's like, yeah, the great advantage that they afford in that lift often holds them back as a powerlifter. Often they've got a build that holds them back when they then go to squat or deadlift or something like that. Or they've got a, a structural limitation or a strength limitation that holds them back in the other lift. So who cares? Yeah, it's the same archetype of person that is screaming, you know, that's not a bench press. They're the same ones that are screaming, sumo is cheating mm. kind of thing. And essentially, those people, they're not actually a part of our sport. Nah, but they've got a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people that think sumo's next on the chopping block. Imagine yeah. that. Mm. Yeah. Get fucked. I saw um, Josh Takul post that. Mm. that. That could be a thing. That yeah. They get rid I've of sumo. I've been seeing it in comment sections everywhere. Mm. I don't know about you guys, but to me, a sumo... A nice sumo is way more impressive than a conventional. Oh, yeah, it's way, I, I like watching sumo. It's way harder to perform. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, the best deadlifts in, in the world would be done sumo. A lot of the best deadlifts in the world have been done conventional. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
Like if it was that easy to just switch and pull more, everyone would do it. Yeah. And how many people have you seen try to it? All they do is just do a, a butchered. Uh, For sure. It's just a widely good convention. I'm like, oh, you're just doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a tired argument. Yeah. Powerlifting, eh? Snooze. Uh, next thing. Can you guys give me some examples of people who fail at fitness and strength training and why? And on top of that, how do you not become one of these people? Let me start. Wait, wait, we're not calling people out. No, 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 no. no. You're like the the type of people that fail at fitness. That's what you sort of say, right? Yeah, like things that are. I'll start. Um, Unreal expectations. Uh So for me, I saw something about this. I can't remember where I saw it. Uh, But they're talking about when I first got into powerlifting. So when I first started watching powerlifting uh, and I was like, fuck, I could, I want to be strong. I could be one of these guys. And I don't know why, but the first thing I'm, I'm a competitor. So I'm really competitive of everything I do. The first thing I said to myself was I want to be the best. That was so stupid. Do you know what I mean? It's a very unreal expectation. Uh, And that's a fast, that's a way to fast track your, uh, fast track your road to failure. Fast track your track to failure. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's people, people that are new to the sport, it's a really low barrier entry sport and it's really easy to get good at. That's why you'll notice there's lots of people in really, that are really strong in commercial gyms. They start powerlifting. They think they can be the best. Mm-hmm. I think th- there's some give and take there because like if you, if you went up to say Will Crozier and you're like, oh, you, you're saying you want to be the best. That's ridiculous. But you look at the guy and you're like, well, oh, this guy could actually be the best. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. And maybe he's thought about that from day one in the gym. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that's been in the back of his head. So I don't think we should necessarily quash people who have a desire to be the best. I think it can be a good, um, I, it can be a good engine for them to move their vehicle through the training process for sure. But you know, if that's what they're focused on and that's their number one driving force, and the process doesn't come as a result, that's when you see that failure, mm-hmm. uh, or when people constantly fail to recognize the progress they're making because they're constantly falling short of what their goal is um that's another reason people will drop out and fail and the the third and probably the most poisonous thing is just the sense of arrogance that it sometimes brings like a, a real lack of respect especially in this sport you know it's it's a it's an argument that's beaten to death as well but there's a lot of people that come in, you know, win a local comp or, or uh, you know, there's 10,000 federations, so they win a national championship and then their head just explodes. Like, I am a champion, I'm world champion, I've got a world record or whatever. And in the grand scheme of things, they might be a, a pretty low-level sort of lifter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it brings with this this arrogance and that arrogance is going to be the quickest way to, to slow down your progress. Mm-hmm. You think you're top shit, you've got no reason to be better. Um, and so like what, what you'll notice with, with lifters who have the traits of being the best, uh, which we have a lot of through zero, is that so often they're focused a lot less on local competitions, local records. They're looking at like world leaderboards and they don't care where the, the lifts are done federation wise. Uh, they don't care about anything. They just look at the numbers and they're like, I have the potential to be that and I'm going to chase it. And so the the stark contrast there is they're they're comparing like with like, you know. So if you want to be the best, that's great. The first place to start is who around me do I need to beat to climb up that ladder? Start focusing on those people. Use them as your driving force. Because if you're squatting two hundred and you're trying to be the person that squats five hundred, you got a long way to go, mm. and you're going to be very, very, very quickly mentally and physically defeated if you're chasing, like James said, really unrealistic goals. It's um. Just had a mind blank. That's okay. What do you? What do you other guys think? You know, like what? What are some examples you can think of of uh, you know traits that people carry that might slow down their progress or, or make them you know major mistakes? People who change their training style too much. Consistency is key. Doing the boring stuff over and over again. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And it's it's a it's a pill people quickly have to swallow in strength training. Is that strength training doesn't look like showing your strength. Mm-mm. You know, strength training isn't yeah. maxing out or doing singles. Strength training is doing lots of reps, building yeah. a base, doing boring accessories over and over and over the same thing, grinding away. It's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so absolutely, like this this pursuit of novelty or difference. Um, I think it's also perpetuated by like the messages from the industry, which is like, 
what you need to do is, you know, run this programming style for a month and then assess your progress and then change whatever needs to be changed. How the fuck are you going to measure your progress in one month? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not how it works. You, you have to have trust and faith in a system that's satisfying the principles and then do it for a really long time. Yeah. You can't follow a program for a month and be like, yeah, I've gotten way bigger legs. Unless you are absolutely brand new or pumping a shitload of gear. I always think that. It's weird how, like, we've we spoken about this before, but, you know, most sports that involve a peak, sprinting, throwing, uh, discus, shot put, high jump, long jump, powerlifting, running, like, there's always, a, uh, the principles remain the same across the board, across all those sports. But for some reason, when it comes to powerlifting, there's so many more, uh, like, there's so many more ideas that coaches bring to the table. And all of a sudden, all these principles go out the window, uh, which I think is, uh, I think is really uh, to me, it's really strange. You don't see sprinters doing, you know, all right, we're going to max out this month. You know, the goal is the Olympics for these sprinters. They're going to mm. max out at the Olympics. They're not testing their, their speed every month to see if they got faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's because there's no manual. Like in something like sprinting or high jump, or all those examples, there are like leaders, there are standardized methods, there are like accepted approaches, and those approaches exist because they work. Mm. And because there's no real agreed upon approaches or methods or systems or technical ideas in something like powerlifting, it's just a free for all. You just yeah. make it up. Like that's that is essentially the success of zero. The, the success of zero is I'm like this is the system that we use. This is the technical system that we use. This is a programming system that complements it. This produces results. Put that into other coaches. Replicate that. Now we can scale our business. That's why, like, there's nothing like zero in the world. There's no powerlifting business that has scaled a product across multiple people in exactly the same way. Um, And so that's what I'm trying to achieve with something like the coach development stuff is I'm trying to be like, look, this is the system that works. There are, and I present it in a way that's like, there are are other methods that you can apply the system with, absolutely. But understand the key driving principles and make that the bedrock of your methodology and you'll see nonstop progress, nonstop results. It's just everyone saying out there saying something different based on their own experience of what works and what doesn't and speaking like it's gospel truth. Mm. And it's very, very, very confusing for the the reader, the consumer, whatever. It's like everything works and nothing works. 100%. What, what is the most common type of post you see at the moment? It's fucking annoying. It's here are the mistakes that I see people making in the gym with their squats. This is the number one mistake I see people doing with their rows. None of it's a mistake. They're just training. Mm-hmm. Stop telling everything. Stop telling everybody that every single thing that they're doing is a mistake. Let them train and let them do the same thing consistently and then work it out. Like that's the best way to make progress. And unfortunately, because we don't have a standardized system or method, people have to learn by trial and error. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. That was good. <laughs> that was great. Sorry. <laughs> Snip of that. No, I like that. I like that. It's um but it's very common with uh you know, with these young lifters on IG. Obviously when you go to a coach, so Tom Bro, when someone comes to you and says, All right, here's the plan, uh, unfortunately because it's such a like I said, it's a low barrier to entry, the sport, if it doesn't confirm their biases, they're not gonna do it. They're like, nah, I saw another coach doing singles mm-hmm. in week one. Uh, I think I'm gonna do that. It'll work better for me. <laughs> uh, I need a bench seven times a week. <laughs> That's that's the best one. Oh, mm. th- this is what works for me. No, yeah. it doesn't. Bro, you've been lifting <laughs> for two years. That's what that's what you like to do. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing with training as well, like and and programming, everything works. Mm. You know, like, and so what I mean by that is, if people say I respond better to this, the the art of uh, getting good at coaching is realizing that people will respond to what you make them respond to. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go running and be like, I respond to doing 10K runs to train my marathon. It's like, no, you have to learn how to run further if you're going to run a marathon. And so it, lifting exactly is exactly the same. I only respond to triples. I only respond to low volume, high volume. I only respond to high frequency. It's like, no, that's just what you're doing right now. And you chopped and changed and you tried something for one month and you didn't like it. So therefore you didn't respond. Mm. Um, the cool thing about being a coach is you get to decide what people adapt to because the human body is extremely adaptable to the stimulus that you provide it with. And ultimately, all it then comes down to is like, what is the principle that's being satisfied here? If we can satisfy that principle, we see progress. How good. Very nice. Very nerdy. All right. My next thing that we're going to talk about, benefits of training fasted. Tom, bro, do you, are there any benefits of training fasted? I don't know. What do you guys think? Have you trained fasted before? I try not to. No. I I used to um I used to 
solely only trained and fasted. The only thing that I enjoyed, the only thing I enjoyed about it was I got to have a big breakfast after training. Uh-huh. Why, why did you train fasted? Like, what was the purpose? I just trained so early in the morning that I just couldn't be bothered cooking. Yep. And I wanted to have eat something big after. CJ, did you ever do it? No. All, no. all my formative years of training were trained fasted. Because mm. like, I trained in the... No, all my formative early years of training when I was in high school. Because I'd train at five in the morning before school started. So, like, I tried eating once and I was just, like, vomiting in my mouth the whole time. And I was like, this doesn't work. I train way better when I when I don't eat. So I don't think it's about, you know, training fasted being more or less beneficial. But if it makes your training better to be fasted, train fasted. Mm. That's what it comes down to. It's like, oh, the perfect pre-workout meal is approximately this much protein and carbohydrate two hours before. If you do that, it makes you feel sick. Don't do it. Do it three hours before. Mm. That's what it comes down to. It's like the training quality is Trump is what trumps everything. And so if you are constrained to training at five in the morning and you don't have the time, the energy, the wherewithal to, to get up two hours earlier or you can't stomach food that early in the morning and you train way better without food in your stomach, you're not going to die. You're not going to hold back your gains. You're going to be totally fine provided that the overall principles are being satisfied. Like there is evidence like... For there is evidence for things like pre-training nutrition, post-training nutrition, anabolic window. Or there's evidence to support all of this stuff, which is why it's like filtered and become bro science. The bro science aspect of it is people blowing it way out of proportion. It's like if you hit this magical anabolic window, will you have a greater effect? Possibly, but what is that effect? So small that it's not worth talking about. Like so small that it's not going to make any sort of impact. Focus on the big rocks first. Are you even training? Is your training quality good? Are you eating enough overall through the day? If you're doing all that, you're going to see progress. How good. Nice. Next thing is, Thomas, this few, someone messaged me this the other day and I couldn't, be, uh, I couldn't be bothered replying. I'm sorry, but I said a weird answer to the podcast. <laughs> Thomas, what does creatine do? Like break it down. What does creatine actually do? Are you guys familiar with steroids? <laughs> it's basically the same thing. So if you've got parents, don't tell them that you're taking creatine. They'll Google it and you'll get in trouble. Uh, cre- creatine is, is like an important part of um, uh, the, the energy transfer process, like recycling ATP or something like that. It's, it's important in like fast twitch, explosive sort of activities like doing heavy squats, mm-hmm. like doing sprints. Um, and so there's there's plenty. It's the it's like the most studied uh, supplement that there is, and there's plenty of evidence to support that it does have an effect, a positive effect on performance, strength, muscle gain, all that sort of stuff. Where people go wrong with creatine is just taking what the bottle says, which is normally way more than what they need because it is such a cheap and easy product. They're like, well, how can we sell more? We'll do the stupid loading phase, take creatine every day. You don't need that. You only need creatine as much as you use it and you only use it for explosive sort of activities. Uh, that's very, very like um, simplified. But five grams, three to five grams per workout is all you need. That can be done before, after, whatever. It doesn't change it. Like if you take it after, you've replenished your stores for the next workout. If you take it before, you're putting it in for that workout coming up. That doesn't matter when you take it. But if you're training five days a week, three to five grams, five days a week is enough. So you know when you hear people say, oh, I put on so much weight because of creatine. Any truth behind that? Yeah, there's definitely like an aspect of water retention that comes with it. Um, So if you feel a little bit puffy, a little bit bloated, whatever, um, that's that's common, and there are different types of creatine that um, you know different uh, formulations that try to combat that sort of stuff. But the OG creatine my monohydrate is 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 the goat. It's so funny when we were younger in school, uh, like when we were all playing footy in our off season, we'd all take creatine. So like yeah, at nice. the end of the year, and we'd all come back and like fuck, bro, I put on five kilos. But it's just because it was school holidays, so we were like <laughs> just eating like shit. We were just eating like shit, playing PlayStation all day, yeah. you know. <laughs> you just got fat over the holidays. <laughs> like, bro, creatine's so good, need to start taking it. And we'd all come back, you know, five kilos heavier, just fatter, slower. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm not going to take creatine, got too slow. Yeah. Mm. Now, a lot of people get that bloated uh, or puffy or like water retention sort of sensation because of what I just said. They take mm. what the bottle says, which might be like, double the amount they need or triple the amount they need especially if they do the loading phase like the loading phase is like take 10 grams a day every day for whatever it is seven days or something that's ridiculous you'll just feel like shit doing that mm. so don't do that what for such a well uh studied well researched supplement that's been around for a very long time it still tastes like shit 
<laughs> like, why can't they make it taste better? I don't know. It's the same with caffeine. Have you ever tasted caffeine? Nah. No. If you ever, if like, if you ever have a no-dos pill or something, suck on it. See what, see what no. caffeine tastes like. Even when you crack the no-dos, it smells horrible. Yeah. Caffeine is like so the most bad. bitter, horrible, disgusting thing in the world. That's why like high caffeine drinks, like the, the energy drinks and stuff all have like a funny, funny mm. taste or mm. like hyper, hyper, hyper sweet because they have to do something to mm. overcome the flavor of caffeine. It's, mm. it's nasty. Energy drinks are weird because it's like to me, when, when you try to explain what an energy drink tastes like, the best description is battery acid, <laughs> <laughs> like flavored mm. battery acid. Like you can't describe it, but they're just so delicious and addictive. It's the it's the addictive nature because like if you haven't had because I don't I hardly ever have a monster and I had one on the weekend I think I had one recently I was like this is disgusting but then the next time you go train you're like oh I might have a monster <laughs> and they start to taste better the more you have them because mm. you just become addicted to the caffeine it's like a, it's like coffee like coffee's disgusting coffee's great <laughs> yeah. but is it really <laughs> it's yes. not yeah it's not really we love it but it's yeah no. but what you need to understand James is as you age your palate changes yes you prefer like more bitter flavors so. oh okay okay <laughs> <For> Bridget oh. <laughs> oh no that makes sense the veteran the hard nosed veteran <laughs> All right. So who should take creatine, everybody? Uh, if you're lifting weights, it's not a bad idea. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, you're seri- if you're serious about lifting weights. That said, I haven't taken creatine for years. I think I've got some in the cupboard, actually. Fuck. I think I might start taking Can I have it? If you want. Yeah. yeah. You're very jacked for someone who doesn't take creatine. <laughs> yeah, that's actually surprising. Yeah. Yeah. I t- I take kangaroo and my kangaroo takes creatine. <laughs> <laughs> Skippy. Uh, Skippy. <laughs> what did Stan uh, Efferding used to say? He used to say something about chickens. Uh, never seen a big chicken or some shit. Something like that. Yeah, it's the dumbest argument ever. Yeah, but that's kind of like that. I like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> it's like when vegans say, oh, yeah, like, no offense to vegans, by the way. I have nothing against vegans. But when, when people make the argument of like, look at the size of an elephant and that doesn't have to eat any <laughs> meat. It's like, okay, well, once you have the anatomy, the, the, <laughs> the, an elephant. the, the, the digestive system of a fucking elephant, Make that argument. Once you eat like 400 kilos of food a day, you can make that argument. Have you ever seen a skinny gorilla? That's right. They only eat berries. Bro, that's because that's a gorilla. You're a human. That's not the berries a gorilla. It's a gorilla. Have you ever seen a small gorilla? I've seen a small snail. They eat leaves. What do you guys do... To boost your workout performance, drugs. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the form of caffeine. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let me start. Please do. How do I boost my workout performance? Uh, what I like to do is I like to open up my notes, structure out my workout. I'm not on a program, so I just write everything down in my notes with a tick box, and I tick everything off as I get through them. Uh, these are all very fucking basic basic guidelines or principles, you want to call it. But the way I boost my workout performance, like I said, the notes, create a little template. Uh, make sure I'm well hydrated. I like to piss clear one to two hours before I train. It's a very random one, but just I, f- I feel good. Yep. Um, <clears throat> one thing I've started doing is managing my caffeine intake. As you guys know, I was highly addicted to caffeine. Mm. I was having about a gram a day. So very low levels of caffeine, and I feel like I train better now. I've been taking non-stim pre-workouts. CJ, you've been on the non-stims as well. Yeah, I haven't had caffeine for like months. How good is it? Yeah. Mm. Um, what else do I like to do? I said to when I'm training at work. <laughs> that was the most <laughs> like unconvincing. You're like, yeah, that's great. Like half, <laughs> half asleep. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm like falling asleep. Here I am, fucking peeking next to you. <laughs> I think I've told you this, but at work, what I like to do is bring another pair of shoes or change something about my work outfit when I train at work. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like I'm, you know, switching into, all right, now it's training mode, not like going straight, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. The power of the mind. Mm, that's nice. it. Bridget. What do I do? I always I have to eat before I train. If I don't eat before I train, I feel sick. So mm-hmm. I always make sure I eat at least an hour before. I, I'm taking pre-workout all the time now. I'm relying on it i got to stop. But what else do I do? I don't know. I always make sure I give myself a fun accessory to look forward to every training session. And today it was pull-ups. Nice. And I nailed it. 
So I'm stoked. But yeah, I don't know. Just mental discipline, I guess. Yeah, no. Nice. Yeah. CJ? Yeah. Um, probably, yeah, same as you guys. Just doing those little things that help me switch. So, yeah, like I've been off caffeine for quite a while now. So, but I need to take a scoop of something like that. Yeah, helps me it's the action. It's mm. the action. of yeah. sw- So, non-stim is like perfect. Mm. That it's, yeah, that. And then um, the, guy, <laughs> the guy at the um, supplement store upsold me BCAAs. Oh yeah, because I've ran a branch chain yeah. amino acids. Which we need to have a chat. Yeah, no. So, uh, like me just making that drink and shaking mm. it, like that's like okay. Now I'm sipping on this. Yeah. When I run out of that, I'm just using scooped Powerade now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what's funny though? Like uh, we talked about the action. Of, yeah, it's the action of taking something pre-training. It's like mm. sweet. Now it's time to switch on and train. Let's be honest. When's the last time you guys have taken pre-workout and it's actually made a difference? It just gives me anxiety and I feel like crap afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's more so the action of, you know, yeah. scooping the pre-workout and putting your drink, drink something. It's like, now it's time to train. Yeah. Mm. Same thing with BCAAs. I, I actually still drink BCAAs as well. Do I know they do nothing? Yes. <laughs> Why do I drink yeah. it? It's just part of my routine. Yeah. 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 That, that's me and rolling. Mm. Um, like th- there's definitely there's definitely benefits to be had from rolling, but so much of my like pre-training movement stuff, besides the actual exercises I do pre-training, it's ritualistic to break, you know, work mode to training mode kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do I do to enhance performance? Sleep, eat well, make sure my my food's on point during the day if I can. Um, and during training, I, I know I'm a bad example of this. Everyone will be like, "This guy doesn't do that," but I do try and avoid using my phone. Mm-hmm. It's Sorry, it's it's hard sometimes. I confiscated Bridget's phone. Today. Yeah, you did. I had yeah. 45 minutes to train and. It was a good thing. I'm glad you did. I wouldn't have got through it otherwise. Yeah. I'd, so I try and leave it on the desk, but then I come and find myself sitting next to the desk. And a lot of the times, half of the, I'd, let's be real, 60% of the time is doing nothing. But uh, the other 40% is like, oh, I've got to quickly send an email. I need a reply to this person. I missed a call from Daniel. I better call him back. Like it's, it's, it's stuff that can wait but I don't let wait kind of thing. So like being being brutally honest, I just need to put it down and, and not look at it as much. And we all need to do that. Like 100%. everyone. Mm. Everyone who listens and trains, I'd, I'd be willing to wager that 95, 99% of people that listening to this use their phone while they train. And it's like, oh yeah, but I have my workout on my phone. It's mm. like, cool, look at your workout and then put it down. Yeah, you're doing five mm. exercises. You can remember that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. One thing I do as well, you guys might laugh at this, but I like to put on like, a, I like to have a fresh outfit on when I train. Even nice. when I run, I've got to have like cool sunnies or a cool top, cool shoes. You just feel good. Feel good. You know, you look good. You train good. Yeah. It all goes hand in hand. I like how you like publicly justifying the cost of your outfit. <laughs> 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 uh. We we found out what James paid for his, for his shirt and his hat the other day for running. Yeah. Don't say it. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh the singlet showed up today too. Got yeah. Delivered oh, today. was that that black mm. bag? Yeah. Mm. Uh, is that why you're trying so hard not to act excited when I was sitting <laughs> yeah. there? Legit, legit. Because you should have just opened it. No, nah, no, no, no. You would have been disappointed when you seen it. Are you it's too a happy cool with singlet. it? No, it's a very cool singlet, but it wasn't worth X amount. Okay. Yeah, that's why I didn't open it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I got to see it now. Um, yeah, I'll show you downstairs. <laughs> How to do cardio and not lose your gains? This is, I don't know what kind of cardio you guys are just going to randomly be doing. I guarantee you though, you're not going to lose your gains because any cardio you're going to be able to do at the start is just going to be low intensity, steady state. You're not going to be able to do anything too hard and, you know, too hard and, ah, fuck, I've lost my words. No, the the Um, answer to it is really simple. How to do cardio and not lose your gains? Eat enough. Mm. Mm. That's it. That's that's literally the answer. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna fucking get. You know when you start doing cardio, you're not gonna be going balls to the wall. You're not gonna be you're not gonna be able to go balls to the wall, which is gonna be enough to fatigue and affect your training the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll affect your training. You might lose your gains if you if you're doing said cardio, high intensity interval training, whatever it is before your session. Yeah, that's stupid. No one does that anyway. Um, but I feel like everyone should do some kind of cardio in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's walking, whether it's what you do, CJ, a little bit of boxing, Bridget, me and you are swimming, running. Um, yeah, it's all about managing what you want to, you know, prioritizing what you want to get good at as well. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not getting stronger right now because my priority isn't to get stronger. My priority at the moment is to get uh, faster. Yeah, it's to get faster, mm. get better at running. So that's the priority. 
the reason why I'm still training or lifting weights is because I love it. And I want one day when I do want to get stronger again, that my baseline's higher than what it was last time. Mm-hmm. It's going to make the transition back into strength training a lot easier for me. For sure. No, no, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of everyone should be doing some form of cardio just for life, mm. for general health and fitness. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's a benefit to your lifting, not a deficit. 100%. The idea that cardio kills gains is ridiculous. It, just like you said, if you're going so hard that it's impacting your training or if you're not eating enough, that's when you're going to run into problems. It's actually kind of hard to do that. Mm. Like it's, it's hard to do that much cardio that it's impacting your performance or making you not be e- eating enough. Like the people that run into that are like, chronic over exercises yeah you can be jacked and run a marathon too look at alex viata 100 percent. you got jacked i um i said to because so yesterday i said to bridget um what i do yesterday so i worked out for an hour and a half in the morning i swam afterwards and then i ran yesterday afternoon it's not like i maxed out all three of those things i only ran for half an hour it was to take uh, my housemate's dog on a walk mm-hmm. or you know get uh get the dog some exercise it's not like i you know i didn't go out the gate fucking full guns blazing when I lifted weights or, you know, I didn't max out there either. It was all relative. It was all really controlled. Um, like my programming, it's not really programming, but you know, everything's systemized. Everything's periodized. I'm still progressing every week in each exercise, but I'm not, I'm not going balls to the wall. Mm. Do yeah. your cardio. Yeah. Do cardio. Yeah. It doesn't kill your gains. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you do too much. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I just think people use it as an excuse. It's funny. Oh, it's, for it's, sure. It's mm, part of our sport. Yeah. Like, Oh, what are you doing there? It's going to kill your gains, bro. Yeah, well, more than five reps is cardio. Mm. Why would you go for a run when you can just like lift weights fast? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Not the same, cuz. <laughs> I love it. I love it when people say it in here too. It's the best. Not I'm the like, oh. It's still funny though. It's still funny. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird, like it's a weird thing that refuses to die. Mm. <laughs> Because the, there's very few people that actually believe that anymore. Mm. Yeah. Like it's, very, it's very few smart people or top-level coaches or anything that actually – it's a very old-school thought. Just like, oh, powerlifters are fat. They just eat whatever they want. What? Most of the, mo- most of the powerlifters that I know that are good are jacked and yeah. shredded and care yeah. about their nutrition because mm-hmm. it helps their performance. Like it's, a, it's just a stereotype that refuses to die. And it's annoying because people wear it as a badge of honor. Oh, I get puffed out climbing a flight of stairs. Yeah. Cool, bro. <laughs> no, that's not a good thing. Thanks. That's not normal. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. I don't care. It's Go fun- walk around the block. It's funny. It's funny you said that because um, I actually listened the other day on the Melbourne Strength Culture podcast. Uh, Didier was talking about it's one of those things that powerlifters have to announce. Yeah. Did yeah. you hear that? No, I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, how good is it? But he was talking about how they have to announce. Powerlifters always have to announce when they're giving up caffeine. so i'm actually taking a break off caffeine and they always have to announce when they're taking a break off social media yeah and that's like another thing that's very uh very common it's just remind me of that how common is people say you know cardio kills your gains yeah doing more than five reps is cardio and um yeah they're just things that never seem to die in the industry yeah Mm. and i still i still get a giggle out of it out Mm. of it every time too it'll never not be funny the announcements are the worst because if someone's going to the length to announce it, you can almost guarantee you can watch the train wreck about to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like you can watch the backflip about to happen. So just don't announce it. Just yeah. make, make the commitment and the, uh, and, and the accountability to yourself or mm. to your close circle. You don't have to uh, uh, put it out there to the world. Because then if yeah. you fail, you just hate yourself even more. <laughs> <laughs> can you see it? Concurrent training is kind of trending at the moment, eh? Yeah, I, I think people are, are being a little bit more vocal about it for mm. sure, which is good. Yeah. What's this con- concurrent training? Like doing two things at the same time. Oh, okay. I like yeah. it. the term they're all using though is hybrid athlete. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you're not a hybrid athlete. All <laughs> you're doing is lifting athlete. weights and going for yeah. a run. Yeah. <laughs> take, take the athlete out of it. Yeah. You're like, you're a, hybrid. Hi- you're a hybrid recreationalist. Yeah. yeah, yeah bro, yeah, yeah. every single athlete, a rugby player lifts weights, runs and <laughs> plays this sport. Hybrid, bro. Yeah. Hybrid. hybrid. <laughs> I'm like, all you're doing is bodybuilding powerlifting and then going for a run twice yeah. a week that doesn't make you a hybrid athlete <laughs> absolutely so i'm a hybrid eater because i had coffee this morning and then i had juice later <laughs> Whoa. but it's, it's smashing trends it's funny because if you type in hybrid training on our uh, youtube there's so many people that come up as like you know they they've uh claimed the title hybrid athlete and then you start watching their content and you're like hang on this guy's just a bodybuilder that started running <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th- I think you can wear that title if you're winning a powerlifting meet and mm-hmm. then winning a bodybuilding show and then running a marathon. Yeah. yeah. 
Like you can wear that title if you're competing at a high level in something or a decent level at something. Fuck, you can wear that title if you're competing at something, mm. yeah. at multiple things. But if you're competing in powerlifting and walking around the block, <laughs> you're just a powerlifter that went for a walk. <laughs> Leave it there. All right. If this video gets enough shares, I'll do a powerlifting meet and then a marathon in the same weekend. You will not. I will. Christmas cup the, and then. No, not anytime <laughs> soon. Same nah, weekend. Do that. <laughs> Christmas but I have to. The, I have to total over 600. Okay. Wait. If the video gets enough shares, how many shares? <sighs> how many is reasonable? Our our reel of the Elico stick got 200, 300 shares. All right. That's that's the most shares I've ever had of anything on my page. 250. Oh. That's pushing it, eh? Nah, let's make it happen. All right, 250, and what I'll do is I'll total over 600, and I'll run a sub 330 marathon. Sub three. No. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to actually be really fast with that. Keep choking. <laughs> In the same weekend. Same, same weekend. weekend. Yes. So you're going to peak for both. Wait, that means I have to put on a powerlifting comp around whatever your marathon <laughs> oh, <yeah>. is. <laughs> Hang on a sec. No, no, no. no, no just we, do, we can do that. Yeah, I'll, we'll I'll do just a run the comp. distance. We'll yeah. do a mock comp. I'll run the distance. This will be nuts, but it'll be cool. Because right. there's someone that did it. So not Alex Viada. He's too fucking strong. But there's another guy that did it on YouTube, Fergus Crawley, and he totaled 600 something and ran a four-hour marathon. How hard do you think it would be for me to run a four-hour marathon? You'd be able to do it with three months training. Three months? Not yeah. at all. Running's so easy to get good at. You obviously haven't seen the x-rays of my hips. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. You can squat five million kilos and you're worried about moving. You're, you do. <laughs> your legs go in front of each other every single day. Do you reckon running will make it worse? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I've done dumber things. <laughs> done, like you did a squat marathon. Like it exist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You did do a squat marathon. <laughs> yeah, I said I've done dumber things. <laughs> All right. Um, that's pretty much us. Nice. That was a fun cool. episode. That was. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. You've uh, given us five stars on all the platforms. It's very helpful. It helps us get our message out there. Uh, we appreciate it. If you've got uh, suggestions for topics or guests, let us know. Sweet. Don't forget to share. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> nice. Wait, wait, hang on. Before we close. When you say if this gets X amount of shares, you mean like CJ will make a clip of that? Nah, that? nah, nah. Yes. Don't go that hard. Yeah, nah. We'll make a clip of James doing? putting it out there to the universe and that's got to get 250 shares. All right, let me say this again. If this gets 250 shares on Instagram in the same weekend, I will do a powerlifting competition and total over 600 kilos. And run a sub three hour thirty marathon. Okay. All right, get this get this moving so we can make it happen. CJ will film some content around it as well, and we'll go from there. Too easy. Nice, sweet. Done. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram Zero underscore Weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.